We're back, and you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the 3 in 1 podcast. Mm. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, it's Ian Lamont Morgan. What's happening, good people? Did you vote? That's what I want to know. You better have, and I'm sorry for the disrespect, international Ian Lamont Morgan. It's okay. I'm I'm full of forgiveness. (laughs) And from the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Our good brother Keith will be joining us a little bit later, so we're going to hold down the fort for a little bit. Um, As you guys can probably tell, we are recording this on Tuesday night. It is election day. I would encourage you to vote, but it is probably illegal at this point, so I hope that you voted before now. Where is Jeb Bush when you do it? So, all right. (laughs) Sorry. sorry. I I don't want to talk about depressing things and people. Speaking of depressing things and people. Man. It has been a whirl of wind in Cleveland, maybe figuratively and literally. The uh, We're going to start off with a little bit of NBA news. The Cavs are in disarray. One win so far through, is it eight or nine games? <sighs> uh, we are in the, I believe that we are in nine games. And uh, Ty Lue ha- was fired. Um, it is official now that Larry Drew will be the... Um, interim head coach for the remainder of this season with a partial guarantee for next season. But Ian, I just want to get our, our Cavs update from our Cavs reporter live outside of Quicken Loans Arena right now. Not all of that. Ian, what is the mood right now um, in Cleveland? So it's just strange, man. Um, of course, having won one ball game this year, uh, it's not good. Um, but uh, it's been it's been the wackiest kind of progression of of things happening that I, I could have possibly imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, we finally have a head coach. Where before we just had the voice, the man, the, voice. the man, the <laughs> myth, the voice, which mean? is Larry Drew. Yo, I don't know, man, but that man was not having it. He said, "Listen, uh, Larry, don't don't call me head coach." Drew. Um, has finally actually solidified a deal. Uh, so he is the interim coach officially. Um, and so I don't know. All of the stuff with T. Lou, listen, I mean, we, we, we saw it coming. Um, out of all, all of the discord uh, between he and upper management, you know, don't play the veterans. You know, T. Lou plays the vets. Uh, just the fact that you had a roster split down the middle from guys who had won championship and then you got guys that, are just coming into the league. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, T. Lou, I, I, he was not highly favored in Cleveland. Um, and most most fans will tell you that. Most pundits will tell you that. But, um, yeah, for him to go out the way that he went out, they they may mm-hmm. as well have let him go before the season started. So it, it, it just got strange. So he goes out the door. Uh, also, shout out to Damon. Um, Damon Jones in his soup. They got fired as well. <laughs> um, they had to go with T. Lou, and so you get you get this weird back and forth going on with Larry Drew. Not only that, K. Love is out, and we'll probably never see him in a Cavs uniform again. That's my prediction. Is, oh. that, is that they are going to shop K. Love hard for assets because at this point, you know the the 
the secret's out. The cat's out the bag. The cats are tanking. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But now you got guys talking about Colin Sexton can't play. There's so much going on. I just I don't understand that. We're yeah. what, he's ten games, nine games, yeah, into ten games his into NBA his career. career. Yeah, man. And we talking about guys can't play on this team of all teams. Like it's not like y'all should be out here just y'all are killing it and y'all y'all are the authority of basketball right now. Like at this point, y'all have won one ball game. Like y'all all can't play. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, I, man, it's 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 tough. It's tough to it's tough to deal with. It's tough to sit back and watch the team after four straight finals trips. Um, for it, the situation to be like this, but I mean, it's reminiscent of when LeBron left. You know, uh, uh, back in what was that, twenty ten? Yeah. Um, just minus Kyrie. You know, so. Here we are. I, I, I'm still I'm I'm down for the home team. I said it when LeBron was here. I've been a fan since Blue Seeds at the Gun. You know we we gonna we gonna keep we gonna keep our fandom strong. Um, but I my only hope, and I'll wrap it up here, is just for competent leadership. They're in the same position that the Browns were before John Dorsey came in. Mm. Um, just sans Dan Gilbert. Uh, and so uh, that's that's gonna be the that's the biggest hurdle is for them to draw quality and competent people to come to Cleveland while Dan Gilbert is still here. So, so I want to do a little trivia game with you. If we take Kevin Love and his stats off of the board, who is the leading scorer for the Cleveland Cavaliers? I would have. To, is it Tristan? It is not Tristan. Okay, he is not in the top five. Oh man, I was, it was a wild guess. Trust me. Um, <laughs> if if not K Love, I would have maybe. Mm, oh, don't say it's uh, don't say it's Jordan Clarkson. It absolutely is oh, Jordan Clarkson <laughs> with a whopping fifteen point six points per game. <laughs> Fitting for Jordan, man. I mean the tats. Listen, the tats do what the tats do. You know, my man left, left looking baby faced. He came back, looked like he had been in the streets tough. Oh my gosh. Like what? He, hey, I saw that picture and I was like, he has been, okay, JR is rubbing off entirely too much on Jordan Clarkson. It, it, it didn't even make sense, man. Uh, <laughs> it's tough, man, because that boy can score, but he just, it's almost like he can score, but I don't know if he can think. Straight, like <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like <laughs> that's true. But I mean, aside from that, I don't. I don't. Right now, it's looking like a dumpster fire. I'm hoping by year's end, we've at least developed these cats. But it's not looking good for that. Well, I'm going to continue the trivia. Who are the top two players, leaders, and assists on the Cavs? You're enjoying this a lot, but I'm going to say George Hill and Jetty. George Hill is correct, averaging three assists. He is leading. Second is actually Larry Nance Jr., averaging 2.9 assists. All right, all right. Okay, this is getting more depressing. I'm sorry to our listeners. This is not how we wanted to start things out. but uh, So what do you think? So who do you think is, is going to get um, kind of the, the best trade offers? Uh, obviously, Kevin Love is the guy they're probably – I would be looking to trade because you can get probably more for him. He's on a longer deal. Still a pretty uh, solid player in this league, especially in a complimentary role. Yeah. But what players are you looking at as possible trade pieces that can bring back some some good assets? Uh, Kyle Corver's in play. Uh, you know, d- teams are definitely going to be looking for shooters. Um, if, I mean, if the Lakers really wanted to, 
make some noise as far as really getting some um, some shot makers in that on that team. I mean, Jr. Nobody's taking this contract. I know, but I'm gonna throw his name out there. Um, I think he could garner some attention if, uh, especially if he has a string of you know three, four, five games, which is why I would think that the Cavs would want to play him. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of strange. Um, and there's different schools of thought here. You know, either the Cavs are going to try and hold a young core and move forward with, or um, they're they're just on, they're just tank. You know, anybody that's that's got. That's got some promise. Let's get them out the door before they mess around and win us a ball game or two, <laughs> which is which is why you brought up Larry Nance Jr. You know, the boy, mm-hmm. he, he plays hard. He's got stock right now. Um, I think you kind of want to sell while teams are looking to buy. Yeah, certain, they, they just signed up to that extension, too. Exactly. And so, you know, I don't know. There, there's it's, – it's unlikely that a whole lot is going to happen. But I say Kyle Korver, um, Jr. I think is uh, is in the mix. George Hill, you might see some teams come knocking for him. I'm looking at San Antonio. Maybe they might call for him. But um, Man, I thought that too because they, they do need a point guard, but his do. contract number is just too high for yeah. a player like for George Hill. Or else I would be all, all on the return George Hill to San Antonio. But for, yeah. for as little assets, as, healthy assets, I should say, as they have, I just don't know what they could trade. Um, that would help. That wouldn't hurt them long term. Which is why Phoenix is a, is another name that uh that came up um for me. But um, aside from that, I don't think yeah. I think Jetty's hands off. I think they see him as one of the building blocks for the future. So I I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I, it 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 would be up to somebody to lay out a clear vision for what the future is, and nobody's doing that. Everybody's still in that deny tanking mode. So. All right, one more question regarding the Cavs. They get the top overall pick. Do you want Zion? I don't know yet. I don't know. Zion, might not, he might not even be the best cat on this squad. Um, I I think that would be – Yeah. I can see it being a wise move, though. Um, I think by the end of, end of the college basketball season, you're going to see a different Zion – that we've been seeing um, a year under Coach K is, is going to do a lot. Um, so yeah. I would I would bank yes. Short answer. Yeah, between him, I mean the the top overall pick is probably coming from Duke. Between him and R.J. Barrett, um, yeah, Zion is just. I have concerns about his weight um, and what position he'll play at the at the pro level, but. Um, from all accounts, people are really impressed with how he's looked so far. And R.J. Barrett just looks like another one of these athletic wings yeah. who can, um, you know, do I'm a lot torn, of the ball handling, playmaking, I, and shooting. You know, I'm, I'm a bank on. Um, um, so I think you I know, mean, you know, selling tickets is going to come yeah. into factor as well. Dan got to Dan got to get that return on his uh on his investment, and uh, yeah, he has not absolutely. made a lot with the Cavs if if he's even in the black. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens, man. But uh, RJ is actually my favorite, but I I think that Zion's gonna be the pick. Mm. We'll see. Well, let's go to another tough situation: <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler somehow is still a Timberwolf, despite all of his efforts. They have not gotten rid of him yet. Um, this has been a really fluid situation. Obviously, Practice. we had the big, 
issue at practice um, before the season started. Um, we talk about practice. It's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> and uh, and then they had the you know the interview, and then rumblings coming from the team, and then he's about to be traded, and then he's not going to be traded. Well, we're going to trade him. Oh, Jimmy's going to sit out. This is a part of his six week plan to get yeah. off the Wolves. Um, and it's led to a lot of mixed results on the floor. Obviously, the, it's real, well chronicled his issues in relationship with with Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, and especially in the early part of the season, Carl Anthony Towns just looked broken, just absolutely destroyed. Um, you know, not getting shots. I think the first game of the year he fouled out. Um, you know, didn't have a lot of points or rebounds. His averages aren't where they should be. Um, so my question is. How much longer do you see this situation ending, or excuse me, how long do you see this situation continuing, and what will be the ultimate result? And and can this team pull it it's together sad, with Jimmy or without Jimmy and be a playoff contender? Um, it's it's done so because you're right, mm. Carl Carlos and Towns, he can't get right. Um, you can see the wheels turning too hard, steam coming from his head on the court. Um, yeah, I mean, there was that game where he fouled out, but mm-hmm. he's just having ineffective games. Like, um, what was it, last night they played the Clippers, and he put up, I think it was like 20 yeah. and 12. And you would look at that stat line and be like, oh, okay, you know, cat balled a little bit. But not really. You know, um, you know, people talk about having people having, like, quiet 20-point mm-hmm. games and everything like that. I mean, this is, this is one of the premier big guys – in the league, inside outside, he has one of the most ver- like uh, diverse skill sets um, that you will see in the NBA today. He's tailor made for the way the game is played. He is Joel Embiid West, and he's supposed to be balling like that, and he's not. He's not. There's nothing mm-hmm. dominant about his performances. There's nothing dominant about his attitude toward the game, about his presence, and that's against opposition and with his teammates. Um, Cat's Cat's not Cat's not demanding respect. You know, you go back to that that week mm. conference, you know, or whatever meeting that he tried to call after that practice that day, and I think you know some of it is not his fault. Like it's, he's still a young guy, um, and <laughs> most most young cats do not have to face situations like this. Yeah. in the league but you know he's got a lot of growing up to do and there's still time for that but nah uh, I don't know how this, this is going to resolve if you'd have told me when, after that practice fiasco that the Rockets would offer four first round picks and Tibbs would, would chill I, I I would have I I would have thought you had lost your mind but uh, Tom Thibodeau is, is a <laughs> he's a different cat man and uh, so I, I think Jimmy's there till Maybe yeah. trade deadline. I think I think they will put up with these shenanigans if they if they've done it this long, and I know mm. it's just November. Um, I think December is a possibility, but I, I don't see why not trade deadline. Mm. Yeah, I, I hope so. I have to think it's going to be somewhere around can be December fifteenth. That's when yeah. players that were signed in the off season uh, can get can be traded and so i think that's when things might heat up a little bit i'm i'm starting to i'm starting to think that um miami may not come back to the table yeah. uh, at least if they come back to the table it won't be with the same offer they put forward before um and so it may be a team like maybe a team like philly that feels like they need one more piece 
um, to get up into that upper echelon, especially with Boston and Toronto um, kind of separating themselves from Philly at this point. Um, or maybe the Lakers put all their chips in to try to get Jimmy Butler in, L- in L.A. Um, or, yeah, I... Or even if if Toronto really feels like they're a contender, maybe they try to put a package together to to add him to Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard and make a real run at at a at a championship and go up against the the Warriors. So, um, I think it's going to be a team that we don't expect and that we haven't talked about very much. Um, but I think December fifteenth is going to be that that magic that magic time when a lot of these guys that have just been signed can be traded. It ha- it has to happen soon because this you're you're killing the guys on your team. And the and the other guy that we haven't talked about is Andrew Wiggins. Um, right now he's the third he's the fourth leading scorer on this team. Um, Derrick Rose is actually the third leading scorer on this team. And with a guy as talented and as touted as Andrew Wiggins is, um, he should be second if not you know third if not second in scoring on this team with the talent um that he brings to the table but the fact that no one is really talking about him during all of this kind of proves the problem with him and why a lot of people people, you know kind of think down on him as a prospect i hear the cries of people after that trade uh after we first drafted wiggins i hope we shouldn't have traded him for love um i've not i've With this, LeBron I mean, would have choked him out. He would have choked him out. What can I compare it to? It's it's like it's like playing. Oh gosh, I, I don't know a comparison. I mean, it, it's it's like being in a situation where this guy has the key, and he just he will not unlock the door. He fumbles the keys. He drops the keys down down the dishwasher. You know, like it it is. Oh it's, God, he's the most. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like if Neo, it's like if Neo never became the one, and everybody's like, "You're the one." Hey, he, he just, just see, in the Matrix is just ship. him like, never I, becoming Trinity, the one and getting Trinity. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, no, he. I mean, all of that potential at this point. I, you're right. I've decided to stop talking about Andrew Wiggins altogether. He is. He is. Uh, he's all star talented, but he's performing like Lamont Murray passes passes prime, like. Uh, it's a waste. Wow. Sorry, but it's a waste. At this point, it's what four years in. We could say it. It's a waste. And I think it. Ought... Yeah. And here's the thing: he's he's still a good player, but for yep. being the number one pick, and then when you yep. take into account what they're paying him, um, that's where the disconnect is. You know, when you when you're paying a guy max money, averages of of sixteen point eight. Um, and 3.6 rebounds and 1.5 assists, it's just not It's not going to cut it. You expect that guy to be up in the 20s and be giving you rebounds and assists, and then we're not even going to talk about it the defense, fair. which has just been it, – it's inexplicable how bad he is on defense. Um, so, and, and at this point, it's just – at this point, you got to believe it's just between the ears with him that he just doesn't have what it takes. And that was one of the knocks on him coming yeah. out of Kansas is that people and, didn't and know I mean, if he had that drive and desire to way, be a great player. This is going to sound crazy. Um, I knew it ever since the, the way he put his hands on his hips. Uh, it was a de- dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Because he does, like, the, the reverse hand <laughs> on hip thing. And it's uh, – I mean, he's, like, grabbing his pelvis. And I'm like, hey, man. Yeah, but no, I, I, yeah, 
he's a career 19-point-per-game. People might be saying, what are y'all talking about? He averages 20 points per game. Um, the guy has – he inspires nobody. Let's let's start there. Um, there there's nothing to rave about. He's not leading your team to yeah. victory. Um, he's going to he's gonna be streaky. He's averaging uh, this year mm-hmm. looks like a, like 31 minutes per game. Um, he's good for 20 of those minutes. And and gets his points, gets his stats off of that, yep. and and does not he just does not come through. There's nothing clutch, you know. There, like you said, there, there's it's passionless play, and so he's 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 the he's the anti Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But I, I, if this doesn't get resolved soon, you you won't you. You worry about losing uh, those two young players um, and losing the locker room, and then on top of that, oh. you know, falling out of play you know, position you before me, like, you even trade Jimmy now, Butler. Do you think anybody's matching um, uh, Houston's offer? Yeah. Four first round picks? No, um, but I think the issue is the four first round picks. I think are yeah are kind of a, a sliding scales from from what I've heard from other people. Um, you know, right. it's four first round picks and then they're going to give them like Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. And then if you want Eric Gordon and Marquise Chris, that is only going to be two or three first round picks. Um, so, yeah, I <laughs> four first round picks sounds great, but Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris sounds absolutely terrible. I mean, Brandon Knight is, uh, yeah, no, never mind. Never mind. He, he's another guy who just his doesn't have it between the ears. His ankles so. and knees are gone. Thanks, Kyrie. Yeah. Well, and then his body is also, he's just been injured. I think he's still injured right now. I don't think he's played at all this year. Um, between between that and then the just his body seems to be giving out. I just don't know what. And then Marquise Chris is tall. I guess that's something. Can't teach height, I guess. Um, but... So we've talked about a couple disappointing uh, situations, but what team are you most most worry about, worried about kind of in this early part of the season? Narrow down. Um, I I tell you what, you go first. I want to I want to be responsive in this spot. <laughs> I am take, leaning toward the Washington Wizards. <laughs> well, you you look at this team and it's um man, you have John Wall, Bradley Beal, two you know, an elite backcourt when you put them together. Otto Porter, maybe not elite, but in today's NBA is a, is a is a pretty solid player, can play either four position, 3 and D, gives you all of those things. You would think if you could fill in the right things around them, they could be a good team and on paper it looks like they should they should be good. Um, but you, you see them play and there's no communication, especially on defense, defense. They just completely get washed. John, uh, Wall and Bradley Beal have admitted to never being friends and it shows up on the court almost daily. Um, yep. So I, I think they had to look at breaking up this team, but I just don't know what, what direction you go because Bradley Beal is the more friendly contract. But yeah. John Wall, 
you know, maybe the guy that may be more of a locker room issue and he has the bigger contract. Um, so do you want to build around that guy or do you want to trade the guy like Bradley Beal where you could probably get more for him? And then we haven't even <laughs> talked about the Dwight Howard effect on this team where he sinks every locker room he goes into. Um, I mean, even now, I'm looking at the scores. Dallas is playing Washington right now. Um, and Dallas, last I checked, oh, they watched it narrow the gap to eight. But they were down by 21 at half to Dallas. And Dallas is two and seven themselves. Um, so these are the games that they should be winning. And if they're not winning these games, they're not going to win the games against the Torontos and the Bostons and the Phillies. Um, because you can't out-talent those teams. You've got to be a, a solid, cohesive unit. And Washington just hasn't proven that they can do it. Um, and then if I had to go with a with another squad that I'm disappointed in, um, they've kind of righted the ship a little bit. But the Oklahoma City Thunder have been a disappointment for me. Um, Andre Roberson um, looks like he's going to be out a lot longer than they thought. Um, Paul George just hasn't quite gotten right. And now uh, Russell, you know, missed the early part of the season, has come back, and now he's out with an ankle injury that we're not sure how long that's going to be or how long that's going to linger. Um, this is a team that, you know, I I thought would be, in, you know, in the running for the second or third best team in the conference. And it looks like now they're going to be fighting just to get into the playoffs. Yep. Um, and so I guess that's what happens when you load up a team with a bunch of non-shooters, <laughs> athletic guys, <laughs> um, and, and then you're extremely top-heavy. So um, those are a couple of teams that I'm looking at. Um, Ian, what it's teams funny. have you been um, most? You mentioned uh, um, the, the two, two and seven teams that I was really considering because um, a lot of folk were talking about after the after the DeAndre Jordan signing and drafting Luca. A lot of people had the Mavericks as a 7-8 seed, and they may very well end up yeah. as one. You know teams go on streaks um, um, during this December-January period, so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, you'd like to see them kind of get an early surge and kind of get out because I do think they have a roster that can compete, uh, but for whatever reason, they just have not been able to put things together. Uh, and you got Rick Carlisle at the helm there, so it, it just makes things that much stranger. Because uh, you would expect for him to be able to to do some things that maybe a Billy Donovan yeah. can't do, who I have no faith in. Um, and since you brought up the the, the dog on Thunder, I mean, <laughs> I, I've been saying ever since you know uh, it was clear that they were letting Melo go. PG came back. I said, great. What else are they going to do? And the answer was not much. Uh, not much for shooting. Not much for. I mean, yeah. Abrinas is there, and that's great. But you gotta have guys at other positions that stretch out defenses. Um, this is this is NBA twenty twenty eighteen. Uh, this squad, I believe, in in two thousand ten, would have competed great. Um, but it's it's a it's a completely different era. Just in that snap of a finger. But uh, yeah, you brought them up. You brought the Wizards. Oh gosh, I mean these two these two teams. The the Timberwolves have won two more games than them. Nobody, nobody should have any less. Yeah, okay. Nobody who's a who's a mm. possible playoff team should have less wins than the than the Timberwolves. But my team um, is actually. Well, here's the thing. Even the Timberwolves situation is bad, but the Washington situation may actually be worth worse in terms of team. Uh, uh, the the team you, atmosphere you com- right. camaraderie. I, I think you're, the Wolves you're may actually bit, be a little bit better you're a little bit tougher on Dwight than I am. Um, but it, it does have to be said, like, uh, 
when Dwight <laughs> leaves, there's a trail of fire and and plutonium traces like wherever he goes. So I mean, dude is nuclear for some reason, <laughs> even though he gets his numbers. I'm gonna go to Pelicans, and I could have said the Lakers. I could have said the Jazz here. I was really tempted to say the Jazz. Uh, but the Pelicans I, has been a team I did not believe in, and everybody was like, oh, no, they'll be fine. Um, right now they're just sitting at four and six, you know, plenty of time left to go. But um, I think I saw a quote even recently, Anthony Davis saying that he has to play near perfect for this team to have the chance to win. That's not what you want to hear from your star. Um, that That is a situation. And listen, Julius Randle's balling. Um, I didn't. I didn't give him his full due, but he he's playing really great ball right now. Uh, Drew Holiday, I think, has turned the corner from whatever that little two three year stretch where he didn't had didn't have it figured out. You know, so I think he's a solid point guard at this point. But this team just, I mean, Nikola Mirotic is playing good, but this team just does not have enough. And I joked about Rondo. You know, I got the thing about Rondo. But he honestly did kind of put guys in the place for them to best succeed. And, I mean, honestly, I'm watching this team, and a lot of the time, Alvin Gentry's boys just look lost out there. So I don't have a lot of confidence. I think that they will bottom out. Um, and I think we're going to be hearing a lot of Anthony Davis noise from February to the you know, from January to the end of the year. True, true, true. Well, New Orleans doesn't have to trade him until next year. He still he still has another year in his contract, and without <laughs> but, Anthony but Davis, I'm saying, they might as well sell. I'm saying you don't noise about this type of stuff starts um, there's, there's before the hammer no before the hammer drops. You know, so they're gonna be thinking like, oh, well, should we move yeah. him in the summer? Trying to figure out his mindset. You know, how yeah. does he feel? Because I think it's gonna be a frustrating year, and I don't I don't think he has much incentive to stay. I still think I still think they're gonna be okay. Um, they actually started off four and zero, lost six in a row. I think uh, Anthony Davis missed two or three of those games. Um, I think they'll get it figured out. They're playing at the fastest pace in the league right now. Um, you know, fifth in points, third in assists. Um, I think they'll they'll you know once Anthony Davis gets back healthy, I think they'll kind of stabilize. I I think they'll be a solid playoff team. Dallas is another team that. Um, I'm I'm surprised yet not surprised. I think that maybe they're one more year away, um, especially without Dirk and his leadership and what he brings as a floor spacer. You've got a lot of guys that that are either drivers or around the bucket guys and not a lot of shooters. And so even at this stage of his career, Dirk still gives you some floor spacing at the four um, and helps you out with that. So um, I still like Dallas moving forward, but this year I think it's going to be Another oh, yeah. bad year from for them record wise, but I've been impressed with Luka Doncic. I think he's going to be a really good pro. Um, yeah. And the Sacramento I mean, I, I don't Kings know why and some other teams are dumb for Pelicans not turning around. But I mean, I, I be, who I mean, the man said Anthony freaking Davis. That's man. why. Like, what what does that say to to, to his attitude for about his teammates? Like. You you I don't know. When I read between the lines there, I see smoke and fire coming. So all right. Well we'll see. We're gonna um you know monitor the it. NBA season. We've got a lot of a lot of season left to play, people, so don't overreact. There's still time. There's still time.
And ladies and gentlemen, as we move into the next section, let's welcome back in the Nasty Natty, Keith Turner Jr. What's up, everybody? Listen, sorry for my tardiness. All you Apple fans out there, I was getting our store ready for our new iPads, new Macs, and all that good stuff. So we'll see you guys, uh, you know, coming soon. So, you know, um, but yeah, it's good to be back, fellas. What's going on with y'all? Hey, shout, shout, right, shout out to Apple, uh, big win in court too. Got that uh, uh, five hundred what thirty some million dollar settlement from Samsung. All yeah. y'all Samsung users, it's like, well, Galaxy does that too. It's like, yeah, because Galaxy stole that too. <laughs> hey, I just I just wanted to make somebody mad today. What is that? What is that good word say? The uh, the wealth of the wicked. Is being mm. what laid up? God help me! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, call it Apple righteous is crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I feel you. Oh man. So, so yeah, let's get started with this college football. It was a big weekend um, with some pivotal games deciding some races. The big thing that happened was that the SEC championship game was clinched. Alabama whooping up on their opponent to win the West, and Georgia uh, sealing the East by beating um, Kentucky. Now, this sets up these two teams to meet in a rematch of the college football national title game last year, and they'll meet this year in the SEC championship. Um, So we won't talk about that game quite yet, but which one of these teams do you think has the momentum um, coming into this, obviously there's still some games left, but we know these teams will be matching up in the SEC championship game. Is there any chance that Georgia can pull up the upset? I think so. I think they're actually more battle tested right now. Um, mm. Alabama, like literally LSU, this that was their toughest opponent thus far. Um, Georgia did lose to this same LSU team. Um, however, Georgia has you know played Kentucky. They played. I believe what South Carolina, even though South Carolina is the greatest this year, um, I just feel like they're a little bit more battle tested right now. Um, now, of course, it'll you know um, they both have a few more games before they get to the SEC championship game, but still, um, Georgia's is I think they they it will it will be proven that they're battle tested. Now, am I going to say they're going to win? We'll we'll talk about that in a few weeks, but um, (laughs) not willing to say so right now. Um, But gosh, Lee, that Alabama team looks so scary. Uh, I mean, goodness. But uh, if anyone could do it, it would be a team like Georgia. I would love to put a whole, whole lot of stock into Georgia. I mean, solid wins over Kentucky, Florida, you know. um, But honestly, when I think about them facing Bama, I have – it's almost like flashbacks, like repressed memories of them in that LSU loss because it was just such a bad loss. And I get it. You know, teams make adjustments. They grow from stuff and everything like that. And if they were playing Alabama, if they were going to be in the championship game against an Alabama team that maybe goes to sleep on them, I'd feel a lot better. But I heard Nick Saban <laughs> talk about how he was motivated. I mean, he's been motivated by – the fans not staying. He's been motivated by – I mean, he's not one of those guys that pretends like he doesn't listen to, like, the news and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think after this, after his last game, he was talking about, yeah, yeah, we had a little bit extra to prove because some of the pundits feel, don't feel like we should be where we are. Like, he's a psycho. 
And so I think I think he'll have his guys. <laughs> <He's a psycho. laughs> he'll have his guys ready to go. And I, I I mean I think Georgia still has to make sure they're focused on Auburn. Um, because this is I mean even though Auburn is ranked, I, I'm calling this a trap game. Because I think they can very easily just skip over what they'll have to do with UMass and Georgia Tech, and so they're looking at Bama already, and they can't mm-hmm. they can't afford to. Because uh, from what I've seen, like yeah, they they solidified some things um, on the offensive end and on the defensive end, but uh, they can't overlook Auburn. So uh, yeah, but I'm neither expect- can Alabama because uh, there's been some years Alabama probably should have won and they lost too. True enough, and 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 Bama has slipped up, and we've seen it before, but. I mean, Bama's got, what, Mississippi State and Citadel. And so I, I think they'll still be geared up from that Mississippi State game and focused. I, I, I'm i more worried about Georgia losing focus than I am Alabama. Yeah, I mean, Alabama just looks so tough. I yeah, mean, Tua has, just been, Tua has just been amazing all year. Um, and Georgia, you know, in there in that, in that loss to LSU, I think really put doubt in a lot of people's heads. But – um, they've got the talent. They've got the running backs. Um, True. They're really deep. I mean, they, they lost a running back at the beginning of the year, and they didn't miss a step in the running game. Um, you know, I, I, you know, both these teams have their rivalry game left. Auburn, you know, is going to come in motivated. They beat um, Alabama last year yep. um, and, and aren't quite having the year they want to. So they're going to be really geared up for that game. Yeah. Georgia Tech mm-hmm. is going to give Georgia everything that they can handle. Um, so, you know, those teams teams have to stay focused to stay in the race, even though they're in the SEC championship game. In order to get in the national championship game, um, or to the college football playoff, I should say, especially for Georgia, they've got to win out. Yeah. Um, two losses by them takes them out. Now Alabama, depending on how things go um, below them, they may be able to still get in with one loss, especially with how impressive they've been throughout the whole year. Um, but for especially for Georgia, they cannot afford another misstep before they get to the SEC championship game. Yeah, that was the other thing I was thinking is that if Bama does lose to Georgia and if they lose close, they might still be in the playoff. Yep. Yeah. They're so. still going to get in. A one-loss Alabama team will still get in regardless, just like last year. Um, Unless they lose to Citadel. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> um, Touche. Um, but if they lose to Auburn and Georgia, they're out for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. definitely. So, yeah, um, the other big game, the Michigan Wolverines continue the revenge tour um, with their absolute destruction of Penn State. Um, Is this Michigan team for real? Are you guys believing um, that Michigan can make it to the playoff and possibly win the Big Ten? I'm not believing it until they beat Ohio State, period. I don't care what happens. (laughs) Then it'll be too late. Then they've Uh, already done it. (laughs) Nope. Yeah, I don't believe Michigan for a second until they beat Ohio State. Um, Here's the deal. Like, they have impressed me. Their defense is for real. We've talked about it on this show already. Um, Higdon is a monster. Um, I mean, the holes that the offensive line gives for this guy is unreal. Um, Shea Patterson is really, you know, um, coming to himself as of late, um, you know, him being a dual threat, you know, uh, rushing the ball, you know, uh, finding receivers. I, I'm, I'm honestly just going to be concerned with if a team, you know, loads the box and really shuts down their, their run game, you know, what, what that's going to look like for Shea Patterson. Um, but like I said, um, they can keep winning all they want and that's great. Um, but I'm circling that game when they when they visit Columbus. 
um, the capital city, as you will, Malcolm, and yes, um, and, and play against my Buckeyes. Um, if they if they beat us, um, then then yeah, I'll think they have you know, and then I'll think they're for real. But thus far, they're for real. Um, but at the end of the day, Shea Patterson and Harbaugh, not everyone on that Michigan team knows if they lose to Ohio State, this season is still a failure. Period. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I don't like that we've had to have these conversations about Michigan two weeks in a row or two <laughs> two, pod, two pods in a row. Um, I don't believe what I'm about to say. Um, I definitely believe Michigan is legit. And I would rather, at this point, Oh, my gosh. Um, I would rather see Michigan in the playoff than Ohio State. Wow. Yeah, that's, now, not, listen. that's, that's, not, a, that's not a – yeah. I, mean, I, I almost agree with the way they're playing and the way the Ohio State's playing right now. I would almost agree with you. It's, it's logical, right, Keith? It just, yeah. it just hurts from the soul. I, I feel hollow right now. <laughs> For sure. Um, I mean, the defense is legit. The run game is legit. And they're they're legitimate, um, without some of the the wishy washy back and forth that we're seeing from Ohio State right now. I, I can't yeah. believe in I can't believe in that defense, nope, um, at all. And then the fact that I can barely believe in the offense. The fact that Michigan State or Michigan trounced Penn State, uh, the same Penn State that we edged out a victory over. Um, now that was on the road, though. I think this is a completely different game on the road at Penn State. True enough. True enough. I I think I still think from what I have seen, I'm looking at a superior football pro- <coughs> program this year. Mind you, I'm not talking about the talent. I'm just talking. I, I honestly think it's coaching. I think you know maybe these Buckeyes have have seen so much um, um, be, between what happened you know early in the season with Coach Meyer. And then literally pretty much playing better under Coach Day and then having to go back to things. And um, I, I I don't know what the what the reason is, but I'd rather see Michigan. Um, I believe in Shea Patterson. Um, I believe in, in, in that defense. And uh, I do think, you know, if, if they go ahead and, and win on out, um, I want Ohio State to win. Let me say that. But I just believe in Michigan State. I can't talk about this anymore. I'm done. I'm done. All right. <laughs> yeah, I uh... – this first of all, this defense is one of the best defenses, um, if not the best defense in college football. I, I believe they're the best defense in co- college football. Um, you know, not just to beat Penn State, but to really control um, Trace McSorley mm-hmm. in and in outside the pocket. Um, yep. To be honest, if this Ohio State team were to go up against Michigan this week, I don't think. Ohio State would be able to do anything against them, just the way they've been playing lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, they struggled against Nebraska. Um, obviously, the Purdue game exposed some things for them, um, and they'd be going up up against the best defense they faced all year, um, and poss- probably the best running back they faced all year in Karan Higdon. Um, mm-hmm. And you maybe make an argument that they'd be facing the best quarterback they faced all year. Um, what Shea Patterson brings as a passer and as a runner, which is an area that Ohio State does struggle with. Uh, we saw it in the Penn State game where Trace McSorley is just getting 11, 12, 13-yard gains right up the middle, not being touched and at all. And that was with yeah. Bosa. 
Absolutely. And so you're dealing with you're dealing with a, a Michigan team that you have to play up against because of Karan Higdon and you have to play it as if Karan Higdon is going to get the ball and when Shea Patterson pulls that out, you're stuck. Um and then Donovan Peoples Jones, Quietus has kept, has really stepped up this year as well. Exactly. Already has seven touchdowns this year, has some really big plays for them. Um, you know, his sophomore season, he's really starting to come into his own. And they also have uh, Tariq Black coming back into form. Um, he had a long touchdown that was called back in their last game, and he was actually their leading receiver last year before he got injured as a freshman. Um, so this Michigan team, I still. Is, is playing very well defensively. And I think offensively, they're still getting better, especially on the offensive line, Keith, where you talked about it. They are getting big holes for, for Higdon um, every week, and they're just wearing down teams up front. And you saw that in this Penn State game. Um, and obviously, they control their destiny. If they went out, they're going to the playoff. Yeah. Um, and that Notre Dame loss um, is, a, is a good loss. I mean, Notre Dame has turned out to be a really good team. I don't think any of us really – expected them to be as good as they were this year um but they've proven to be an elite team um in college football um so speaking of these teams the new playoff rankings came out uh bama at number one clemson at number two notre dame at number three michigan at number four which one of these teams do you guys look at as um the most likely to possibly be upset before we get to the end of the year. Now we know these rankings come out every week, but the rankings very rarely stay the same um, throughout the entire season. So there's going to be an upset somewhere. So where yeah. are you guys predicting that upset's going to come from? Uh, uh, Michigan, honestly, would be my only pick. Honestly, unless Clemson loses to Boston College, mm-hmm. you know those, which we will talk about today. You know, honestly, I think that would be. Those two, Michigan to Ohio State or Clemson to, to Boston College, would be my only two guesses. Um, yeah, I, I would not, I would not anticipate uh, Bama going down. I wouldn't anticipate uh, much happening um, with honestly, I, I with Michigan. Um, I would say that Notre Dame does have to watch out for a Syracuse team um, mm. that did uh, take out NC State. Already this year, should it be Clemson? Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. And so you know they they played some good ball, so I know that's their. Uh, they got them in two two weeks, and so I would I would be on the lookout for that. I'm actually, I actually just looking. I, I think Bama might need to be careful, um, even though they've been playing extremely well. That Auburn game is always tricky. Always. Um, especially with the, the sense of that rivalry. And, and, you know, as as mentioned earlier, Auburn season did not go the way they wanted to. So they're going to be putting everything they have into that Bama game to, if they can't be in the playoff, they want to ruin Alabama's chances. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, after that game, they've got to play Georgia. And Georgia um, has proven to be one of the elite teams in college football as well. So um, just looking at the averages of the schedule, I don't think Michigan is going to have any issues with Indiana or Maryland. Um, Notre Dame, I hadn't thought about that Syracuse game, but Syracuse does have the weapons to kind of force um, Notre Dame to to run with them. Um, we'll talk about the Clemson-Boston College game here a little bit sooner, but Clemson, their defense is so solid. They, they've been getting great play from the running game out of Travis Etienne. The only question mark is, is can Trevor Lawrence keep up his pace um, in 
as the competition gets a little bit stiffer. And they also have the ACC championship game. Not sure who they're going to play there yet. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Bama just because they, I think they've got a little bit of a tougher road than these other teams um, in the rest of the through the rest of the schedule. Hmm. I hear you. So let's go ahead and pivot to the games that we will be watching for next week. We'll start with the big one in the Big Ten. Number 10, Ohio State travels to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. These games are always close. They're always thrilling. They usually come down to a last-minute player turnover. Um, What are you guys' predictions for this game? Man, this is another tough one, guys, because, like, um, I felt like Ohio State already had that one game that I was speaking of earlier um, that uh, they always have that one game that I'm just concerned may happen and they may lose to a team they shouldn't, you know, Iowa, this year Purdue. Um, but I think Ohio State will get the job done just because Michigan State offensively is is n- not consistent at all. Um, I think we'll do just enough. Uh, I'm going to pick Ohio State by seven. Um, I think the key really is Ohio State getting the run game going. Um, if if we cannot get the run game going and we force uh, our quarterback to throw 50, 60 times, uh, I think we're in trouble. You know, we got to get Weber and Dobbins going. Um, so it'll be tough. It'll be a tough game. I think it'll come down to the wire, and I think it'll be like, a, you know, a turnover late that'll give the Ohio State a go-ahead touchdown um and secure that victory so um we'll see i'm really hoping Dwayne haskins can really come out and and really do some some special things we'll see yeah he'll have to uh they'll have to lean on the offense um because uh you know and I, i've noticed you know just looking at michigan state their defense like you said is what sticks out their offense you know nobody's writing home about that but uh, for a defense that's in the top 25 in the country, and just to put that into context, I mean, uh, we're, we've talked about Boston College team. I mean, they're they're barely cracking the top 50. But then you just look by comparison, Ohio State doesn't crack they, – they don't crack the top 70. Top 70th ranked defense in, in the nation. Mm. And so uh, there, there's they're going to have to lean on the offense to do some great things against a defense that is formidable. Um, in the in a yardage standpoint, and also um, uh, for turning the ball over, so I I think Ohio State will win. Um, I'm honestly just a believer <laughs> that they'll that they'll <laughs> fight uh, here down the stretch. Um, but it, it will be a tough fought game. But I'm going Ohio State uh, 24 to uh, 21. Yeah, the key they've got to get the running game. If if Michigan State makes Ohio State one dimensional, their defense is still good enough to capitalize off of that. Yeah. Um, we know that Mark D'Antonio brings brings it for this game. Um, he pulls out all the wrinkles, anything he's got in his bag of tricks, he pulls out for this game. Um, and Brian Lewicki does have a history of playing well against Ohio State. Um, I just don't know if they have enough offensive talent to do it. Um, but if I'm Ohio State, they've got to take this game very seriously because yep. they didn't, def- especially defensively, they did not look good against Nebraska. Nebraska was able to get some yardage and get some plays on them when they've had a struggle bus of a season this year. Um, yeah. I'll say Ohio State wins it in a tight one, 24 to 21. But if they come into this game thinking they're just going to sleepwalk through it, I don't think they'll be able to do it. I think they need to be very careful going into East Lansing for this game. 
Yeah, definitely a red circle around this game. Yep. Absolutely. A red circle, honestly, for every, the rest of Ohio State's games, honestly. <laughs> Let's just be real. <laughs> so... Um, let's go ahead and go to the ACC where number two Clemson will be traveling to number 22 Boston College. Uh, this Boston College team is a team we talked about in our season preview as a team to watch in the ACC. So, guys, how do you think this game is going to go? I actually I'm, I'm I know I'm in the minority here. I don't think this game is going to be that big of a deal. Um I think what we're expecting to be a lot tighter of a contest, Clemson's going to win uh, pretty handily. I know they just, I mean, just looking at the clip that they've been, you know, their last four weeks, looking at 63, 41, 59, 77 points. And I know, you know, against what some would call inferior teams, but NC State, you know, they're the 14th team in the nation. Um, I think that Clemson will actually win this ball game uh, 48 to 20. I, I got them winning pretty handily over Boston College. The reason why I'm not going to agree with you is because mm. Boston College is at home, um, and I think mm. I think having a you know home field event. And if this was at Clemson, I would agree with you. Um, I think it's going to be very close, and I'm honestly tempted to pick Boston College. Um, Whoa! But I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted. You know, I was tempted. Believe me. Um, because I, I feel like just like, you know, an Ohio State at Purdue or, you know, anything like that, you know, these are these type of games that, you know, they're, well, I don't know if you can necessarily call a 17th ranked Boston College a trap game, but to me it's a trap game. Um, a game where if they overlook them or if they don't play their best, Boston College can do enough to hang around um, and get a and get a win. You know, their, their quarterback is thrown for, you know, 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns. Um, running back has, you know, almost 900 yards and eight touchdowns. So they got, they have some guys who can, who can make plays, but can they do it consistently? I'm not sure. Uh, I think Clemson will squeak out um, with a seven point victory over Boston college. Man, I was trying to find a reason to pick Boston college. Me too, man. Um, I really was not. I was looking at their stats and everything. I'm like, okay, maybe, but no. I really, I really like AJ Dillon. Um, he's a, he's a great bat. He missed some games early in the season um, that I think affected their their overall record. Um, and I want to pick them, but I just don't think they have enough defense to stop, um, especially Travis Etienne in that running game. He's just been dominant this yeah. year in the ACC. Yeah, um, has to be if he's not the front runner, has to be one of the front runners for ACC Player of the Year. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to make the plays necessary, but I do think it could be a close game when it comes down to it. Yeah, but I think. Clemson may pull away late with with a couple big plays. Um, I'm going to say Clemson wins 31 to 21. So let's go ahead and switch gears to the NFL real quick. The Saints took down the St. Louis Rams. Man. R- really simple question here, guys. Are the Saints the team to beat in the NFC now? No. Yes. No. We have some disagreement. <laughs> reason why, I, um, reason why I still don't think they're the team to beat, and the Rams are, even though they just got beat, is because um, I think in the end, like when you get the like when you look at the Rams defense, and you know, hopefully them getting back, you know, a keep to leave later on, and all that. Like I feel like the Rams are still the team to beat, um, and especially with you know um, the Saints defense um, giving up a lot of points. 
you know, Tampa Bay and a bunch of other teams. Um, but, you know, to me, it's still the Rams, even though, you know, they both have the same record now, basically. Um, I think I think the Saints or the Rams, one of the two has played one less game. Um, but in the NFC, the, the Rams are still the team to be in my eye. It's, it's tough because, yeah, I mean, Keith's assessment is, is definitely legit. I mean, the Rams defense is better straight up and then they they've made additions to I mean they're really going for the monsters here uh, <laughs> but you know Saints offense is is uh not even maybe at the same clip as the Rams but they're still they're just deadly they're they're devastating from so many different points yeah now they're they're in talks and pretty much locked up Des Bryant which a lot of people mm. don't we don't really know what that means but if that means anything else that opens up the field even the slightest bit for Michael Thomas, for Alvin Kamara, for uh, uh, Mark Ingram, um, then then it's, it's, it's getting ridiculous. And that's a lot to have to deal with um, on a week-by-week basis. And so I uh, I, I just I, – they have momentum that's reminded me of, uh, of the championship year. And um, – I'm getting vibes from Drew Brees that this is his swan song. Uh, I don't know how much longer he intends on playing, but yeah. that team is that team is playing like like they got something to play for, um, and and they I don't know the weapons are overwhelming the Rams. I believe in trust me I do. Jared Goff not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think point. when 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 especially when playoff time comes, uh, I that's 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 new ground that's new territory. Uh, for that kid, and and I think he's I think he's doing great. I love his progression, and I think next year the NFL is gonna have something to worry about. Um, they're already, of course, incredible this year, but um, I, I just got a feeling this is the Saints year. Man, um, I feel like the Saints really just snuck up on us this year. Um, just really, I don't think they were on a lot of people's radar to be an elite team. You know, people that talked about the Packers, obviously the Rams, and other teams. Uh, but you looked up, I looked up and saw this, saw they won this game and I saw the record and I was like, man, they really have been playing well. Um, but ultimately I think it's going to come down to their defense. Um, in the long term, will they be able to get enough stops? I will say that it's interesting. The, the saints basically played to shut down Todd Gurley and make Jared Goff make plays that he couldn't make enough Mm -hmm. for them to win the game. So it'll be interesting to see how teams, play the Rams going forward this year and then what what um adjustment Sean McVay and that offense will make because you know especially in a playoff scenario teams are going to load up the box and say okay Jared Goff you're going to have to beat us and so they're going to have have a plan um to get that passing game going or they could be uh a disappointment when it comes playoff time I just uh sorry I didn't want to cut you off I just wanted to chime right. in on this before we moved on. Um, I'm also seeing just a willingness to switch up the offensive scheme, um, which which reminds me of uh, of, um, of that Super Bowl year. Uh, just for example, last week, I mean they went they went run heavy. Um, well, mm-hmm. they, they they switched up the offense. You know, uh, Drew Brees he still dropped back. He still threw 23 passes, but um, that's that's a relatively low number based on what he normally does. Um, but they switched up the offense, you know, decided to eat more clock. Uh, so they're they're playing smart. And, mm-hmm. and this is a selfless ball club as well. So uh, I don't know the Rams. You got guys like like Sue 
and things like that. He's always just a, a ticking time bomb to me. Um, Aaron Donald. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and so it's devastating talent wise, but I also had you, you got to see how these guys are going to play together for the duration of the season. So I'm interested. Rams are legit. I just you know. In New Orleans, I mean New Orleans is the number one pass defense in the league right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone knows that or if we would even have thought that at the beginning of the year. Wait, but they can't. Again? New Orleans is the number one defense against the run in the NFL. Oh, against the run. Okay, I think you said pass yeah. on accident. I was about to say, yeah. like, Tampa Bay lit them up. I can't see them <laughs> being number one in pass defense. Okay, against the run. All right. Gotcha. Yeah, they're they're only allowing 76 yards per game yeah. um, on the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, girls so had I mean, 66. Yeah. So that's that's that tells me that they're a legitimate team. That's always been kind of the knock on them is on the defensive side. Um, but if you're able to make teams one dimensional, it makes them a lot easier to play. And you know that you're going to get what you need offensively. And now adding Des Bryant to that offense with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and other weapons, um, you know this this team is setting up as a team that could make some noise. Um, and it's going to be an interesting race to see in that division between them and the Carolina Panthers who are also playing well. Hmm. Um, that's another one that might come down to the wire um, as to who pulls out that division. So it's not yet that he's signed with them. He just worked out for him, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That would be interesting, man. Him and Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. And Michael Thomas yeah. just put up 200 and something yards and two touchdowns. Y'all, he won me my fantasy game this week. Shout out to him. <laughs> Shout out to my boy from the Ohio State University, because that's the only good thing happening right now. Michael Thomas. Uh, so, yeah. And then uh, the other big game over the weekend, the Patriots beating the Packers. Um, I spend less time talking about the Patriots. Let's talk about the Packers. Um, this year started off with, obviously, the Aaron Rodgers scare. Um, of injury he hasn't missed any games but this team is now three and four in that dumb tie Um, (laughs) so what do you guys see as the plan moving forward do they need to sit Aaron Rodgers if he's not healthy and kind of sit out this year or do you think they still try to get in a position to make the playoffs and and try to do something this year (sighs) man Malcolm I don't know man because here's the deal End of the day, they can they can you know continue to fight, but they're not going to beat New Orleans. They're not going to beat the Rams. Heck, I don't, yeah. and I really don't even think they're going to beat the Eagles either um, in the playoffs. Um, and I don't think the problem is necessarily Aaron Rodgers. Of course, he's not a hundred percent, but the problem is is first of all, their defense isn't getting enough stops, and secondly, mm-hmm. they're not they don't have a consistent run game. Um, yeah. You know, without that consistent run game. Um, that forces Aaron Rodgers to be hero all the time. And he doesn't mm-hmm. have – I mean, I think they really need to get Jimmy Graham more inserted because he's a he's normally a sure-handed guy. But, I mean, you have guys that are hurt. Randall Cobb can't stay healthy. You know, you got rid of Jordy Nelson. Um, you know, I think so, Allison is out for the year, too. Yeah, Geronimo right? Allison receiver. is done. Um, so that leaves them <laughs> with Devontae Adams, who is a dog, don't get me wrong. Um, but then you got to have guys like Valdez Scantling and, you know, some of these other no-name guys step up. And, you know, who knows if they're going to. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers um, in my opinion, 
is is not Tom Brady in the sense that Tom Brady and, and their system can use any wide receiver. They can put me out there and we will win um, because that's just the way the these not literally, but um, that's the way <laughs> <laughs> that's the way their system works. And the Packers don't have that system. Um, so. I don't know, guys. I just, you know, I wish Aaron Jones or, you know, Jamal Williams would just step up and be that guy. But then again, they'd also need the offensive line to block well enough. And it's just it doesn't look good for them. And they gave they just gave up a bunch of guys for nothing, for getting nothing back. You know, Clayton Dix is gone. You know, Montgomery, Ty Montgomery's gone. Um, So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm not feeling the Packers at all. Um, So who knows what they're going to be able to do the rest of the year. But. I don't think they have a chance against three or four of the top tier NFC teams. I mean, the big the big glaring issue is that they they're zero and four on the road this year. They can't win on the road. Yeah, um, they've been they've been playing a lot of close games. Looking at their point differential, their record is three four and one, but they're minus twelve on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're playing a lot of close games and they're not winning any of them on the road. Um, so that's a bad sign for this team because even the games they have won have been last second heroic drives from Aaron Rodgers yep. or late field goals. Um, kind of these games that 50 50 games that could go either way this team easily could be uh two and six or two and seven right now instead of three and four three four and one um so i mean if if i'm the packers aaron Rodgers is my franchise and if yep. there's any if there's even the smallest chance that he could get hurt this year i'm sitting him out because you need him moving forward this year i i don't like like Keith said they just don't have enough to beat these upper echelon teams. And then even in this division, the, exactly. the Chicago Bears are getting better. <laughs> the Bears, man. And they still got to go to Chicago and yep. face Khalil Mack again, again, who ate them up week one. Um, Minnesota is – they've been a little inconsistent, but they're still a solid team in the NFC. Yep. Um, so I just – it's an uphill climb for them to make the playoffs. And then if you already have a hobbled Aaron Rodgers, it may just be time to shut it down. And maybe they did kind of signal that by getting rid of Clinton Dix and trading Ty Montgomery, who really would have helped them even more now because he does have some experience as a pass catcher um, and could probably fill in um, at wide receiver a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I just I just don't know what it's worth to continue trotting him out there if he's not 100%. Yep. You guys have exhausted the entirety of my thoughts on this subject. <laughs> um, yeah, Peg Leg Aaron needs to sit out for the rest of the year. You've already started to to sell on this year because uh, that Hocklin Dix trade came out of nowhere. I, yeah. I I did not understand what the point of it was, especially for a struggling defense. Um, you know, then the Ty Montgomery fiasco. Yeah, Geronimo being out for the year that hurts. Uh, they can't figure out Jim, the Jimmy Graham equation, which I I I don't know. Baffles me. I, 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 I don't know what that is because um, you've seen game this past week. Yeah, and we've seen Aaron Rodgers get. I mean, he we've seen him get great uses out of Richard Rodgers. Like, <laughs> and so the fact that you got Jimmy Graham there is 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 baffling to me. But yeah, like y'all said, I mean, we could talk about the Saints, we could talk about the Panthers, we could talk about the Rams, but. I mean, they've already gotten beat by the Bears and Vikings this year. They can't get out of that division. I, I don't I don't foresee that happening. Even with the close games, like you mentioned, Malcolm, um, mm-hmm. that they've had this year, uh, uh, I I don't I don't see them having enough weaponry uh, to actually make this interesting for the rest of the year. So shut it down. I'm sorry, the tie was the Vikings, but um, shut it down. You know, uh, let Aaron get you know rest up because it's it's not. It's not trending upward. I think what we're seeing is Mike McCarthy uh, culture for his job. 
Um, I, I honestly do believe that they things have run their course. It's not that he and Aaron Rodgers are the best of buddies, um, you know, because they've always they've always had an interesting relationship, but it works. But you know, uh, even all the hoopla from this previous game, Brady versus Rodgers, uh, for him to I mean, for him to have a guy like Bill Belichick. And Aaron Rodgers looking across the sidelines, and then he looks to his left, and it's like, well, I got this guy, you know, and and <laughs> and, and it's hit or miss. I mean, I, I frankly, I don't know. I saw a take that somebody had one of these talking heads, and they said that they wanted Aaron Rodgers to request a trade. I can't say I too much Stephen disagree. Stephen A. Smith, that, Stephen that, guy. Gosh. Stephen that a. guy. Stephen A. did say that, and I mean, honestly. I can understand where he's coming from. We're looking at one of the greatest talents at the quarterback position we will ever see. And he's kind of wasting away in Green Bay because they're not putting together teams that were really going to help him contend. <sighs> we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I'm just really hoping Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy and uh, he doesn't get any more hurt this year. Um, and I hope the uh, the Packers will do right by him. So real quick, let's go through a couple games that we'll be watching this weekend. The Carolina Panthers go to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Thursday night game. Steelers team still waiting for Le'Veon Bell to come back. (laughs) Panthers are playing pretty well right now. Cam Newton has pulled out some late game heroics. Um, How do you guys feel this game will turn? Hey, did y'all see Le'Veon Bell tweet goodbye Miami? We did. Did you see Mike Tomlin say we want volunteers, not hostages? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Quote of the week. Man. We want volunteers and not hostages. Tomlin said that? Yep. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he sounded fed up about it. I don't know what type of situation Le'Veon is going to walk into in Pittsburgh. Um, right. <laughs> But I, I, at this point, I think uh, the big concern about this game is Ben's uh, finger, um, which was already broken, and somehow he went out and carved up Baltimore, which he couldn't do in their first meeting, so it was whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, I think he's still kind of being evaluated because he got roughed up a little bit. Um, if he's good to go, Pittsburgh, uh, they're in shape. I think they're in shape, and I think they're rolling. So, um, Carolina, I I know they've been playing some pretty good ball as well. I just the the questionable um, depth at the receiver position, even with is it DJ Moore? DJ Moore uh, having a having a solid showing and really kind of emerging. Um, but I think you know if you look at what Ben's got going, if if Connors is still balling the way he's been balling. Uh, you know, Brown has figured it out, and then you got Juju coming through. Uh, I think, you know, a healthy Ben is the difference. And so I, I got Pittsburgh taking this ball game. Oh, man. I thought I was actually going to be one of the only ones to choose Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm going Pittsburgh as well. They're at home. Um, they have been coming on as of late. I do, however, like the way the Panthers' offense has been looking, even though the, the wide receiver depth is a glaring issue still. Um, as hence to why they picked up DJ Moore. Um, But I like what they're doing with Christian McCaffrey. They know he's not like a bruising type of up the middle back, Mm -hmm. but they're finding him in space. You know, he's killing it in fantasy with his pass catching ability and his rushing. Um, They're, they're finding ways to get guys like Curtis Samuel, the ball who can be very dangerous uh, in the open field. You know, you just got to give him the ball. Um, so I think the, the main thing is, can, can Carolina, 
um, you know, kind of uh, run the ball well enough uh, to be able to open up Cam into, you know, and they, they got Greg Olson back. So, uh, you know, I really wanted to pick Carolina, but the way that, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's playing and Pittsburgh's at home, uh, they play, play very well at Hinesville. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Pittsburgh by 10. I'm actually going to do what you guys couldn't do, and I'm going to pick the Carolina Panthers <laughs> to win this. Um, I like what they're doing, kind of moving the ball around with their many weapons. Um, you know, you see Cam Newton still able to run the ball effectively. Christian McCaffrey helping both in the running and in the passing game. Um, and the key for them, I think, this year has been Cam Newton's turnovers are are back down to that MVP level he was at previously. Uh, so far, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. And this Steelers defense hasn't been as impressive as as we've seen in the past. And in the past, maybe a home game in Pittsburgh would be different. But this year, they're 2-2 two and two at home. Um, so I'm thinking Carolina's going to be able to come in, get the ball to some of these weapons on the outside. They don't necessarily do it with big plays, but they get long, sustained drives. Yep. And I think that's going to wear down this Steelers defense over time. And I think Carolina's going to win this one. And I'm going to say it's going to be um, 24-17 to 17 Panthers. Oh, I didn't give a score. Um, Pittsburgh, da, 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 da. what am I going? 19 to 10. Okay. And then the other game we'll be watching, the Dallas Cowboys travel to Philadelphia to take oh, on the Eagles. Oh, God, do we need to talk <laughs> about the Cowboys? Uh, <laughs> this is a light this is a bad weekend for some game for some matchups had to dig deep for this one <laughs> man the saints so, coming to my Bengals. that's a big one well i think i don't i don't know if that's gonna go very well at all but uh, it may not you're right i agree with you no aj green Ooh. yep um, but Ryan, yeah cowboys <laughs> cowboys at the eagles Cowboys are clearly struggling, and another loss will probably completely shut the door on the playoffs for them. What do you guys think in this game? Jason Garrett uh, will save his job once again um, because all the talk right now is about the Cowboys, and uh, even Jerry Jones is starting to waver on Jason Garrett. Uh, But for reasons that are just reasons, and because Philadelphia has been (laughs) inconsistent, Oh, they, they've been inconsistent for oh, reasons Even, that are just reasons. Honestly, when when the Cowboys pull out some of these wins, I don't. There's no logistical like. There's no data for it. It's just, I guess. Um, but no, I, I see. <laughs> I do see. I see uh, Zeke having a, a big game. Um, I think you're gonna see Amari Cooper make some noise this game. Um, and I actually have the Cowboys winning. Just to concise all, all or to. Cool. You know, yeah, whatever. Uh, eat. <laughs> Cowboys win. Um, I'm going Cowboys uh, 27, Eagles 23. I'll tell you this right now. There is no way in heck I'm picking the Cowboys. No way in <laughs> heck. Um, can we first talk about Dak Prescott is definitely not the Dak Prescott of his rookie season. Um, Absolutely. Now, of course, you can talk about him not having weapons and all that. No, he's missing some clear throws, too. Um, Not making good decisions. Um, The Cowboys' defense is, you know, okay. Um, But uh, even with Amari Cooper, like, I just don't see it, you know. Um, They still need some help. Um, Love Zeke, but they're not going to have enough to get it done. And the Eagles adding Golden Tate. 
um, mm. to that high-powered yep. offense is just going to be, I think, a nightmare for Dallas. So I'm going to go ahead and go Eagles 28-10. Um, to 10. Yeah, um, Dallas is 0-4 on the road this year. Um, Eagles added Golden Tate. Eagles are coming off a bye week. Yep. Dallas is on a two-game losing streak. The writing is on the wall. I think the uh, Eagles win definitively in yes. this game, completely shutting the door on the Cowboys. Um, and I'm going to say it's going to be, I think they're going to have a pick six, a couple intercept interceptions from Dak, um, and I think they're going to be able to, to hold down Zeke Elliott just enough. I'm going to say the Eagles pull off a 24-10 to 10 win. Yep. I said 2018, you said 2014. I see you, Malcolm. Guys, as soon as it makes sense to pick against the Cowboys, that's when they're going to win. <laughs> hey, that's kind of true, man. That is kind of true, actually. Did Did y'all see um, first take uh, Michael Irving? They're, they were in Dallas on, uh, I guess this was said to have been Monday morning. Um, before the game, they had Michael Irving all set in Dallas, yep. and him and Stephen A. Smith are just, just going yelling at, at each it. other. Yep. Oh my <laughs> I god! I did not see that. Terrible. And Michael Irving is terrible. Michael Irving is sweating like he had just run three marathons. Um, Some people I'm put a meme up, a meme up talking about this is what you know preachers look like when they you know get done <laughs> or something like that, just sweaty in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how he looked. He was sweating like a dog, and nobody else was even sweating a little bit. I was like, Michael, what is going on? Right, man. Whew. It was rough. So, yes, we have neared the end of our show, but you guys know how we like to end it. It's with our parting words. So, Ian, give us your parting words for the night. Uh, shout out to Christmas music. You have made a comeback. It's your time of year. Everybody that's hating that says that you have to wait until after Thanksgiving uh, they are incorrect. It is your season. It's your time. Go ahead and thrive. Christmas music. I want to hear you blaring from cars as they roll down the streets. Um, come on and roll out those classics. Come on and roll out uh, all those Nat King Coles and, and all of those Christmas classics. Come on and roll Mariah out the good. The, 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 yes, Mariah Carey. Um, all I want for Christmas is the 90s you. I just want her back. Um, pull out that Kirk Franklin and Fred. Man, pull them all out. It's time. Have, congratulations, America. Congratulations, world. Christ is born. It's time for Christmas music. Feliz Navidad, all of it. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's too early for Christmas music. We're ju- we just got into November. Stop it. It's, it's game just time. just got into November. It's game time. <sighs> all right. Keith, I hope you have some better parting words. Keith, give us your parting words for the night. Listen, shout out to Mike Brown for being a horrible, horrible owner of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. You need cornerback help. Patrick Peterson asked for a trade. You don't try to go after him. You don't try to go after Eli Apple. You don't. I mean, A.J. Green potentially could have missed a lot of time. And you have a a roster that could win some games. There's Des Bryant still out there and other guys. You just do nothing. You are just pitiful and a disgrace. And literally, you do not deserve to own the Cincinnati Bengals anymore. Um but yeah, I and I strongly dislike you. Not hate. I'm not going to use that word. The Lord wouldn't want me to. But I strongly, strongly dislike you as my owner. That's why I will not be spending any money on any tickets. I will take the free tickets from some of the players. That's right. Um, but that's about it. 
Um, and then my other shout out goes to all that went out and voted today. Even though you may not have had the results you wanted, I know I'm, I sure did not. Um, but shout out to everyone who you know tried to make a difference. You can't make a difference if you first don't try uh, to be a part of change, and that is to vote. Uh, so shout out to all the, especially all the young millennials that I saw, saw out voting, um, trying to make a difference. Um, so yeah, that's what I got, fellas. My parting words are going to go to the star of the JBA, LaMelo oh, Ball, Lord. Okay. who is returning to high school basketball. The return. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. But not only is he coming back, he's coming back to a state that needs his help. Oh, my gosh. He's right. coming to Ohio. Cue the Skylar Gray. He's coming home. LaMelo Ball will be playing his senior year at... A school I did not know existed, Spire Academy. <laughs> I thought it was a typo. I thought it was supposed oh, to say Aspire, gosh. but we'll go with Spire. Uh, is this up in your neck of the woods, Ian? Where is this? I think so. I, I'm gone. I'm gone, y'all. <laughs> so, guys, get the banner ready in downtown Cleveland. Put it up right next to the Rodney Hood banner. LaMelo Ball <laughs> is back in high school basketball, and we're going to get some some great looks at if he's an elite prospect. They're nope. going to be playing Oak Hill early in the season. He's going to be playing with two other um, top Division One prospects. You guys, the big baller brand is coming to Ohio. <laughs> I'm ready for the pop-up shop. Let's get it going. High school, BBB apparel. I'm so excited. I'm really not excited at all. This is probably going to be a train wreck of a situation. <laughs> Thank you, Michael, because we started and ended on low notes. So, oh my gosh, wonderful! But he's he's trying to bring a little spark to the to the city. You know, this is for the city. This is for the city of Cleveland. Cleveland, this is for you. Uh, Miller list- Ball is coming. Get your popcorn ready. This is, oh gosh. Get your popcorn ready. Never um, lost. So, never <laughs> lost. Anyway, that's our show today, guys. Thank you for listening to the Three One Podcast from. Cleveland, Ohio. It's international. Ian Lamont Morgan. I fire LaMelo. <laughs> and in Cincinnati, Keith Turner Jr. Let's pray for our defense. We're about to give up 50 this week. But it's all right. <laughs> Who day anyhow? <laughs> and in the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. This has been another episode of the 3 in 1 podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next time. 49ers stop winning. We need the top pick. Thank you.